media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that usually takes a look at uh, nearly forgotten and obscure media, and then uh, myself and my co-host, uh, Yehel, then we decide whether we should uh, remember said media until the end of humanity or toss it into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, but this is a uh, different episode. Um, we advertised, and by advertised, I mean I tweeted out a few notes that we were going to be uh, watching and reviewing the Sequest uh, pilot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Yehel got sick, uh, so we had to call a, an audible, you know, do a little zig and a zag and a little dance, if you will, and do something uh, a little bit different. So... I don't know how long uh, you've been with us, dear viewer slash listener, but uh, back in the early days, before we realized that, you know, reviewing uh, movies and TV shows and trying to decide whether they were going to be obscure or not was going to take like more than an hour, we had all these like little fun uh, segments. Uh, like we had uh, Killing Time, we had uh, Hot Topics, and uh, we had the, the Project Report, um, and, uh, so yeah, we don't really get to those uh, too much because, as I said, our shows are already <laughs> too long as it is. Uh, but I've been wanting to like find other ways to like work them in. I've been wanting to do them as uh, supplemental material, maybe on like Wednesdays or something like that. Uh, but it's hard to find the time when you're a stay-at-home dad, and that's what I am. So basically. This is a uh, maybe one time or once in a while style of episode, and it's Killing Time with Steve. Uh, so if you're out there uh, watching or listening to this, we're going to kill some time together. So here comes the bumper. Killing Time. So yeah, basically, if uh, you weren't watching or listening uh, back then, Killing Time is basically when we talk about, you know, all the regular media that we consume on a regular basis. Uh, as you know, uh, we're, we're both really into comics, uh, especially me. Uh, and, and of course, everyone is just watching you know, regular streaming crap uh, <laughs> these days. Uh, my wife and I have been enjoying um, uh, nine... Um, Nine Perfect Strangers, that's what it's called. Uh, we've been re-watching, or actually it wasn't a re-watch, it's just, it's an old show that I never watched uh, called The Shield uh, with Michael Chiklis, and <laughs> that's going to play into uh, one of the things that we're going to be uh, checking up here in a second, uh, old Michael Chiklis, and uh, and as for myself, who I got to cross off a bucket list sort of thing that I've been wanting to do 
since I became a fan of them uh, back in the early 90s, and that is I finally got to see my favorite band, which automatically makes them the greatest band in the world. I got to see Devo perform live at the YouTube Theater in Inglewood, California. Uh, yep, because that's where all the YouTube fans live, in Inglewood. Did you know that? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but no, uh, it was a, a great show, despite the fact that, uh, you know, I had to I had to go by myself because I basically found out about it the uh, night before. Uh, everyone was busy, uh, but that's fine. I, I'm really like the only Devo fan I know out here anyway. Uh, every All my other friends who are into them, uh, they live elsewhere, so... You know, I just had to bite the bullet, go uh, check it out on my own, uh, which was fine because the YouTube theater was nice. I just got to sit down and analyze the whole show like this because that's that's what I do when I go to shows. I just sit there and usually just, you know, check out what the bass player is doing, the uh, keyboardist, the singer, and like, you know, just scrutinize the whole thing. And so I usually have a terrible time, uh, but actually... I had a pretty awesome time uh, watching Devo live. Uh, I mean, they're legends. They're absolute uh, legends. And if you've never listened to them, I mean, you probably have. Everyone knows the song Whip It, but they have multiple albums. And you've probably heard some of Mark Mothersbaugh. He's the uh, is the lead singer. Probably heard some of his uh, composing work on uh, Thor Ragnarok. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and uh, various other uh, cinematic uh, films over the years. Uh, which, uh, speaking of uh, cinematic, uh, basically, um, what we're going to do here is... Um, all right, so, obviously, uh, I love movies, especially uh, you know, from any time period, like any genre almost. And one of my favorite things to do before I go to bed is... Uh, you know, just sit in front of the screen, go through uh, Amazon Prime or Tubi and uh, try to find just, I don't know, hidden gem of hidden gem of a movie uh, that will hopefully be good that I don't know anything about. So I'm going to go through our Amazon Prime history and uh, try to pick out some uh, hidden gems that uh, I've watched over the past couple months because, you know, I'll watch a movie and then I'll finish it and I'll be like, ooh, I got I to gotta tell people about that. And then I completely forget about it. So we're going to go through the Amazon history and take a look. So this is your feature presentation. All right, so here we are in um, the Obscuratron, also known as our uh, theater. Uh, this is where we normally review uh, whatever obscure media that we're talking about. Um, and we usually have like a photo slideshow of whatever we're uh, talking about. Like it should be Sequest, uh, but instead right now it's actually showing uh, my Tubi. Um, but let me change it to Amazon Prime. And, uh, and there it is. And you know what? We might as well start with uh, 10 minutes gone here. I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, synopsis, as I so enjoy doing. <clears throat> In this gripping thriller starring Bruce Willis, a safe cracker, Michael Chiklis. See, I told you he was going to come into play. Wakes up from a traumatic head injury after a heist gone wrong and must find the traitor who set him up. 
and this is directed by Brian A. Miller, not familiar with his work, um, also stars Bruce Willis, as it said in the synopsis, someone named uh, Meadow Williams, hmm, sounds like a hippie to me, and uh, I mean, this is your basic uh, heist gone wrong film, uh, which I really enjoy those. Um, Hmm, I've been thinking about, well, let's, you know what, let's watch a little bit of the trailer just to whet your appetite. The best hacker I've ever seen. Marshall and Baxter were the toughest guys on the circuit. <laughs> Frank's the best locked man outside of New York. He's never taken a pinch like his brother. They'll be hitting the bank right about now. Ladies and gentlemen, on the ground! 30 seconds. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and mute it there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to get us a copyright strike or notification or whatever it is, but um, <laughs> basically 10 minutes gone. Oh, man. I mean, how badly do you want to see a heist movie? Uh, this is, uh, I, I, I call it, uh, or lovingly refer to it as two bald dudes. Like when I just saw the um, the thumbnail on Amazon Prime, I was just like, so we got bald Bruce Willis and bald Michael Chiklis. Like, um, what what better way to kill a Sunday afternoon? And um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I guess you really have to be a fan of the genre. The sad thing is, uh, okay, Michael Chiklis tries. Um, Bruce Willis pretty much just stands in the same room, like the whole uh, like the whole movie, and just I don't know. I think they basically filmed all of his stuff in one take because I don't know if you've seen Bruce Willis lately, but uh, he does not try anymore. Um, <laughs> or he does try it. It's just sort of, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could tell he just doesn't care. Um, but the true standout uh, in this film are, I'm pretty sure they hired uh, local actors aside from Michael Chiklis and Bruce Willis and, um, you know, nothing against, uh, local actors. I mean, you know, there's talent all over the world, not just in Hollywood, but man, are they awful? Absolutely terrible. Uh, you know, maybe I can give them the benefit of the doubt and say that perhaps, you know, they didn't really have a lot of takes that maybe they rushed this, but I mean, they had decent action scenes. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is obvious, like low budget, um, just, you know, we'll put two names in there and hope for the best. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Michael Chiklis tries, he bas he's basically playing, um, his character from the shield, uh, again, and, uh, yeah, and as I said, it's not a bad way to uh, kill a Sunday afternoon. Um, it's uh, pretty hilarious. So let's move on to the next film, shall we? Mm. So I've been watching what is called uh, The Big Town, uh, which is just a random movie I found on um, Amazon Prime. And it stars a very young Matt Billen, Billen, Matt Dillon, Diane Lane, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I mean, it really is a stellar cast. I've never heard of this film. Uh, and then I saw that it was from 1987. I love watching movies uh, from that era. So, uh, so here's the synopsis. An electrifying thriller about a small-time gambler seeking fame and fortune in the big city. J.C. Cullen, Matt Dillon, arrives in Chicago and becomes a top dice thrower. But when he meets a beautiful dancer, Diane Lane, his luck may have finally run out. Her husband, 
Tommy Lee Jones, is a ruthless killer. Facing his worst odds ever, JC is now dangerously gambling with his life. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, hmm, let's see. Uh, I don't even think it has a trailer, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, I'll just tell you, this is, this is a really good, like, thriller. I mean, it's throwback. It takes place in, I guess, the 50s. I don't know if you remember, but in the 80s, everyone was always looking back on the 50s. You know, I guess nostalgia is a uh, cyclical um, I mean, all the performances are great. Like the music is great. Like the sets are great. Um, I mean, you get to see, you know, Diane Lane and Matt Dillon, like just, I mean, when they were pretty much at the beginning of the career, it looks like they're so fresh faced. Oh my gosh. You just want to like give them a big hug or something. Um, but yeah, I can't uh, recommend this movie enough. Like it is, um, it's just a good watch, a good, uh, good crime thriller. I really enjoy those, and I think you will too. So we'll move on. Um, here's another random one that I found. It is called uh, The Best of Times, and again, just checked it out on a, on a whim, but it probably has something to do with the, uh, the cast here. I mean, we got Robin Williams and Kurt Russell uh, together in a sort of, uh, it says that it's a comedy, and I'd say mostly it is, but I don't know, it's really got a lot of heart. Um, here, I'll just read you the synopsis. It's, a small town loser is determined to have one more shot at the big time by winning a football game. So yeah, that's um, pretty brief, but basically it's, um, they go to Taft High School, and it's like, uh, they've like never won a football game ever, and when they finally had a chance, Kurt Russell, the QB, throws the ball to uh, receiver Robin Williams. Um, some guys run into Kurt Russell and basically end his or injure him, ending his career. And Robin Williams like fumbles the ball, uh, thus like destroying like their chances of winning. And they stay in their small town, and they're basically known as the two losers who blew the big game. So they come up with an idea to play the game again. Um, and it's pretty funny. Um, again, like a good one to, uh, to kill a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, but uh, a bit more than that, like it, uh, just a solid, just a solid, a solid eighties comedy. So let's, uh, check out another one. <laughs> oh, all right. This is an interesting one. Um, I don't know if I can actually uh, 100% uh, recommend this. Um, hey, let's just check out the trailer first. Grow up. It's about an ordinary man who discovers his extraordinary powers to alter reality with his dreams. With his dreams. <laughs> Look at me. What do you see? You think this is a fucking delusion? I know you're fucking delusional! <laughs> Pretty sweet soundtrack, hmm?
All right, so you get the idea, probably. Um, so yeah, how much do you love the movie Drive? <laughs> well, apparently the director of Shadowplay loves it quite a bit because uh, as you can see, or even here, I mean, it's basically Drive here in 2021. And this is a Malaysian production. So this is the Malaysian version of Drive, once again called Shadowplay. And it's directed by Tony Pietra Arjuna. And man, I mean, he nails that neon noir like look. I mean, every every frame really does uh, look fantastic. Um, the music, I mean, you heard the synth score just now, um, but I have to say it does kind of get a little uh, repetitive. Um, and of course, like once you get into this film, it feels uh, very uh, derivative. Uh, another thing that they kind of sort of dropped the ball on, you know, not and not really getting up to the drive level. And I mean, if you don't know what I mean by drive, it's, you know, drive the movie with Ryan Gosling, uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Riffin. Uh, fantastic movie that people have been ripping off for uh, quite a while. And Shadow Play is <laughs> no exception. Um, but their big problem is that uh, instead of sticking with a you know, straightforward narrative. There's a lot of uh, sort of Lynchian uh, dream within a dream, story within a story stuff going on. And as you can also probably hear from the um, trailer, eh, there's some casting and acting choices that, uh, that are really not the best. So, I mean, if you really love the movie Drive and you like neon noir and synth soundtracks and stuff, then maybe I can recommend it, but by the time you finish it, you're probably still going to feel a little, nah, at least that's how I felt when I got done watching it. But I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I really do enjoy the neon noir like subgenre. And, you know, had they have had maybe more of a straightforward narrative instead of all this pretentious dream wannabe lynch stuff it probably would have been a little bit better uh so anyway that's shadow play uh, moving on <laughs> uh, oh this is a weird one i yeah i really don't want to i'd really rather not review a movie that i haven't finished but this one um was pretty it looked like it was the movie for me. It's called The Smell of Success, and it's got Billy Bob Thornton, Taya Leone. Um, it's got uh, the dude from The Office. It's got Kyle MacLachlan, you know, from uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, and it's a comedy about a manure salesman in 1960s Heartland America. Get it? The Smell of Success. Uh, let's take a look at the trailer, shall we? Tells you everything you need to know. Smell the roses. You know, it's smart customers like yourself to make roses manure. Number one, the number two business. My name is Rosemary Rose. I'm the new owner of Roses Manure. Some of you may not have a future. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, do they stink? I've counted 62 separate complaints. Well, you can call that 62 separate. So, yeah, that is the smell of success. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think this one was just a little too clever uh, for its own good. 
Like it feels like something the Coen brothers would have done um, maybe like in the late 90s, like early 2000s. Like it gets like basically it's two competing manure companies. It's Billy Bob Thornton's against, um, I keep wanting to call him Dale Cooper, but Kyle McLaughlin and um, ugh, like there's a scene where the guy from the office, he eats some of it <laughs> for some reason. And I don't know. It just, it just ended up, it was like too cutesy. It just ended up being kind of, I don't want to say the word stupid, but I'm just like, why am I watching this like this? Just didn't, it wasn't uh, weird enough. Uh, just too cute. That's it. It was too cute for its own good. Um, so I don't know how Ed Helms, that's his name. So I don't know. How badly do you love um, Billy Bob Thornton and how badly do you love Kyle McLaughlin? Because he's basically playing Agent Cooper in this. At least that's what I thought. In, in this very cutesy wannabe Coen, as Coen Brothers-esque movie. Um, eh, I don't know. You, you be the judge. I'd probably just say... I mean, I haven't even finished it. I keep jumping to other films. So that pretty much says it all, right? So, uh, moving on. Oh, here's a good one. Um, I don't know how this one got swept under the rug, but it is uh, called Force of Nature. And here's the synopsis. In this thunderous action thriller, Mel Gibson, Emile Hirsch, and Kate Bosworth join forces to battle a deadly gang of thieves as a brutal hurricane engulfs the city. Hey, this is directed by the same. It's directed by Michael Polish, the same guy who directed the Smell of a Success. Wow, that's so crazy. Uh, well, he did a bang up job on this movie because I mean it is a really solid like action thriller, also mixed in with um, you know you got your hurricane going on around you, and I mean this was really solid. A good suspense. Uh, Mel Gibson is good. Um, like the action scenes feel uh, realistic. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer. We're evacuating the building. Oh, thank God, I need your help. I'm staying here, I'm not leaving. It's a category five hurricane going on outside. You forgot about that. I think it's a five already. Yeah, Mel Gibson plays a good old man. All right, well, you get the idea. Yeah, so Mel Gibson is like a retired cop, so of course he's all uh, grumpy and hilarious. I mean, he's he might as well have been called Riggs. Uh, but that would have been sad. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so that was a Force of Nature. So let's jump on over to Tubi and see what trash I've been watching over there. <laughs> um, actually, the main one that I wanted to tell you about is this one. It is called Sparks. Let me see. It's probably going to try to play. Ah! All right. So Sparks, like, okay. 
Are you getting sick of Marvel movies yet? Or maybe you think uh, Marvel movies are going in the wrong direction with Phase 4? Well, Sparks is some really decent um, superhero uh, action. Um, I mean, actually, it's more of like a noir almost. I'll just read the synopsis. Okay, it came out in 2013, and here it is. A masked vigilante loses everything after crossing a twisted serial killer. With his life in ruins, he begins a rage-fueled quest for vengeance. Um, And it's directed by two guys, um, Christopher Folino and Todd Burroughs. And I think one of them actually, or maybe they both, did the the graphic novel by the same name, which I'd never heard of. And um, this is a, it's really good. more uh, more adult than i guess if you're only used to marvel movies this is uh, a bit more adult it's got clancy brown in it i mean that's who should be getting like top top billing here uh jake Busey, um and uh, clint howard <laughs> who doesn't love clint howard um but uh i mean they're all right i'm gonna tell tell you straight up like okay the writing is solid as well as the performances but there are a few times when um and the cinematography is good too. It feels almost like they could have gone like super Sin City-ish, but then they didn't. Um, but there's some pretty bad digital effects. You just kind of have to go with them. Just say, hey, it's a superhero movie and go with it. I mean, all the effects in the Marvel movies look like crap, but they make uh, you know millions of dollars. I So if you're going to give them a pass, you might as well give uh, Sparks a pass or, as well. And uh, basically, the mass vigilante, his name is Sparks, and he goes to the big city. He doesn't really have any powers. He just sort of beats people up, and then he like friends this uh, this heroine, uh, and she ends up getting killed by a bat, you know, by a villain. Um, and there are a lot of twisted turns in this. Uh, almost too many, I think. Uh, by the time I got to the end of it, I almost felt like. It may have gotten a little convoluted, but I mean, this is really solid uh, filmmaking. And I, I mean, if you like superhero movies, I highly recommend it. Sparks on Tubi. It's, I mean, at least it's there now while this is out. Uh, yeah. So, um, so there you go. There you have it. That's like what five, uh, six movies that you should check out on uh, Tubi and Amazon Prime. Like, I don't know about you, but I mean, there's there's so many streaming services, so many movies, so much media to choose from these days that it becomes a hassle uh, knowing what to watch, uh, especially if you have very specific Baroque tastes like myself. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll just go back over here to the main and uh, there it is. And uh, stay tuned for future episodes. We've got uh, Halloween content coming up. I think we're going to do Garfield Halloween special. And also, there's a good chance that I'll actually be heading to uh, where you hell lives. And we're going to do Obscurity Now in real life. And then since... You know, we met in Tampa, Florida, and that's where he lives. We are going to review what is a Tampa-made, like, horror film. It's going to be, it's either going to be great or really great. Only one way to check it out, uh, and that's to, you know, subscribe to the YouTube or on Twitch. 
and, and or if tuning in live is not your thing, which I mean, it's like one in the morning right now and it's clear that <laughs> no one is watching or listening, but that's fine. I wanted to try to stream this anyway on my own. Uh, yeah, you could all, there's always the podcasts and YouTube archive that you could watch. That's usually available the next day. And, um, also for those who are following my adventure in uh, making a comic book, the teaser is basically done. I'm just waiting on the cover to be finished and then I'll be ready to get your emails and send you out a eight, free eight page teaser, uh, fully colored, um, fully lettered. And I mean, it's pretty beautiful. So I've been told, um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, until then, uh, you know, Sequest episode is coming. I don't know if it'll come next. I really wanted to do nothing but, but you know, uh, Halloween content for October. But when I started tweeting about Sequest, people got so excited. And that's also a reason why I did this episode is because I wanted to tell you why the sequest episode uh, did not happen on time but it's coming i promise yeah just follow us on twitter uh at obscurity now one and you'll never miss an episode well i mean it would be even better if you subscribe right <laughs> all right well now i'm rambling so i should probably go to bed or or you know watch more hidden gems on amazon prime so if you liked this kind of episode, uh, I would love to hear about it. Or if you didn't like it, say, uh, Steve, we never want you to do a show without you hell again. Or please, Steve, keep those film recommendations coming because I can't decide things for myself. I'm so indecisive. I can't even choose between ketchup and catsup. I mean, I'm really out of my league here. All right. So anyway, take care and remember it's not obscurity now. Oh wait, I screwed that up. If it's either obscurity now or insanity later. See you next time. There it is. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now. now.